I've been thinking about my favorite Torah portion. You know, the one you say I'm obsessed with? You are quite obsessed with it. We were talking about a certain idol made out of a precious metal. We are! It's the golden calf! Yes! And I'm Seth, and welcome to the Golden Podcast. One story, two friends, infinite understandings. Hey, Emmy. Hey, Seth. How's it going? It's going good. How are you? Good. Ready to talk a bit more about the Golden Calf? Literally always. Let's let's do it. What else is there to talk about besides the Golden Calf? So, um... Last time we were talking about God, and we started getting into God's role in this whole story. So there's another piece of it that I want to raise. Great. And hear what you have to say. So we know that when this whole calf thing goes down, God gets really upset. Right. right? He gets really mad. We talked about God's anger, wanting to schmice the Israelites. And Moses talks God out of it. But I think there's a really interesting part to that conversation that I think is worth reflecting on. Great. Okay. Sound good? I am so here for you this. You ready? I'm ready. Well, could I could I quiz you? Oh God. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, sure. So, Ooh. what is what arguments does Moses make to God to get God to stand down? I don't know if this is a fair quiz because I don't know if I've ever known this. Really? Okay. Let me. I can guess. You can guess. No, that's actually good. If you don't know for sure. Yeah. Because I. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I would hope so. I know. But I want to see what, if, so maybe the question is not, if you don't know, no, Mm -hmm. like for sure, like, what would you imagine Moses says to God to get God to get off God's high horse? (laughs) (laughs) So like, if I were Moses, what would I say? Yeah. One, these people are coming out of slavery. They, you know, maybe be gentle. With them. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. And I would probably say that's my main one. Also. That's good. There that, are two main. I'll tell you that. Okay. There are there two, two main arguments okay, got, that Moses makes one. to God. Okay. So one of them for you is. Slavery. God, remember these people, like what they just went through. They're coming out. They're coming. They're carrying all this baggage and trauma and you, you have to cut them a break. Right. And then. Maybe the other one is a little self-deprecating. They're human. They are going to disappoint you and surprise you. And um, to, you know, think otherwise is to not acknowledge the fact that you made them and they're human. So, yeah, that would be my second argument. Okay. Those are two good arguments. So the second one being, God, you are God, a deity. These are just people. They're going to mess up. So cut them a little slack. Par for the course. Yeah, humans are going to mess up, God. You got to learn that. You got to figure it out. Yeah, so it's like they're going to mess up because of maybe they have some baggage. And two, they're going to mess up because they're not God. And they, I don't know, they have their own agency, which is why they're wonderful. I'm not saying humans are inherently sinful because I think that's problematic. No, I don't agree with that. Great. We we like humans. Yeah, we're on the same page. I love it. Yeah, humans are great. And they've also been screwing up since the beginning of time. Yes, And 
as we heard from me last time, I think God also screws up. So Yeah, everybody screws up. Yeah. Well, if we say, as we do say in the Torah, that humans are creating the image of God, it makes sense. Everybody's screwing up. Nice. We're just trying to figure it out. Okay, so on the score of one to two, or zero to two, <laughs> of how... Of those arguments yeah. that, what arguments Moses makes to God to get God to stand down, you scored a zero. <laughs> <laughs> All right, lay them on me. I want to know. Okay. Number say, one. So there are two arguments that Moses makes to God, and they're kind of interesting and surprising. The first one is, well, maybe I'll go with the second one first. Okay. Because I think it's a little, it's a little more... Um, uh, Palatable? Yeah. I was going to say parv, you know. So, um, little, you can look that one humor. up. Little, little rabbi humor. So, the second argument that Moses makes to God is like, wait a minute, God, you made a promise. You made a promise to Abraham and Sarah and Isaac and Rebecca and Jacob and Rachel and Leah, the spiritual ancestors, all the way back in Genesis when God made a covenant with them, saying, you promised them that you were going to be God to them, that you were going to have this covenant. And if you do this thing, you are breaking that promise and that you're violating that trust. You said to them that they would be the founders of a whole new nation. And the and so by destroying this nation and starting over with me, you are violating that promise. Yeah, hold him to his word. It's pretty good, huh? It's good. That's good. So the, the other one... Mm-hmm which is really the first one in the text, but is Moses says to God, okay, God, you're going to take the Israelites now that you led out of Egypt with all that fanfare, those plagues and signs and wonders and the crossing of the Red Sea and this whole parade out of Egypt to Sinai, and you're going to kill them right here because of this golden calf business. Do you know how bad that's going to look to the Egyptians? (laughs) Because all the Egyptians are going to say is like, who is this God that took out these people only to kill them in the desert? And that this God is evil. And Moses is like, God, is that what you want people to think about you? Whoa. Moses is like, God, you got to save face. This is like a publicity thing. Yeah, he's playing to his ego and to his publicity. Woo. God is having an ego. Now that's something. So... Let's admit those two answers were way better than yours. No, I'm just kidding. Whoa. No, no. I think that if, if Emmy was writing the Torah, I think we would include your answers because I think they are really good. Thank you. Because we want to talk. And we'll talk about we want to talk about that. Yeah, for like, sure. Where the Israelites are and all this. Yeah. In their headspace. But those are the two arguments. One about the ancient promise that would be violated and broken. So is you want that on your record, God? And the other is... What is everybody going to say about you after you do this thing? And both of those things are about how God is perceived by others. Mm-hmm. That's wild. And it works. Wow. I mean, good, but wow. Now, it's interesting to think, like, do those arguments work because other arguments might not have worked? Or were those just the most powerful and the ability to appeal to, in this case, God's ego or really anybody's ego at at a time of conflict? Is that really what's going to be the best course to de-escalate the conflict? Let that one sink in. Okay, go on. No, no, yeah. A little speechless. I'm working on it. I imagine that 
Moses is obviously really close to God because God is giving Moses, you know, commandments and is like wanting to hang out with him and like they're buds. They're buds. So I would think that because Moses has an understanding of God, he is able to best reason with God. Like if Aaron tried to do that, it probably would not have gone so well. Yeah, that's a good point. So I don't know. Maybe Moses also thought that my answers were good, but decided, (laughs) I mean, probably, come on, but decided ultimately that for God, knowing God as they are, Moses decided that those two were the best. Mm, Nice. So it's not just that those arguments objectively are better arguments, but because of their relationship, Moses knew what God would be able to hear. Totally. And use those. Whereas another another person, mm-hmm. like Aaron, yeah, saying the same things, or Moses saying different things, mm-hmm. would have not have been successful. Moses was playing the game. He knew what he was doing. Yeah, that's good. But right. it's a great lesson in terms of how we engage with one another in relationship. And I think that on the one hand, you could read this as like, oh, God's just this huge ego. Mm-hmm. And that the arguments that appeal to ego and public persona are the ones that win out. What kind of lesson is that? But I really love what you're saying in terms of it really comes down to that relationship between Moses and God and knowing what is ultimately going to get through. And we encounter stuff like that all the time where we have to assess situations and a relationship with the person we're talking to in order to get to a particular place. And even the best argument that we can think of might not be the one for that moment. We might have to appeal to something else. And I think Moses is doing the thing with God that maybe I had hoped that God would do with the people, which is acknowledging where they're coming from. It seems like Moses is saying, hey, God, you're generally like a cool being. This doesn't sound like you. Maybe you're a little hangry, you know? And uh, (laughs) God was a bit hangry. Yeah, needed a snack. And Moses is able to say, God, you're not a lost cause. I believe that you can come around to the right course of action. Nice. And through that, they probably just strengthen their relationship. Way to go. Nice. And also averted a major disaster. Yeah. But that's also good. But strengthen the relationship. That's what we like. Cool. Thanks for bringing it up. Yeah. It's such an interesting conversation. Till next time. Bye. I never know how to end these things. I don't know how to end them either. The end. Until next time. Thank you for listening to the Golden Podcast. Our theme music is Degrowth Part 1 by Tsara. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. For more information, like us on Facebook or visit us at www.rabbi360.com. Until next time.